On this Pentecost Sunday 2019, I want to read the uh, biblical account from uh, Luke's story in the book of Acts of the coming of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 and through verse 21. It's a longer passage of scripture, so I'm going to let you remain seated in your nice, soft, cushy seats. And and I, I encourage you to follow along very carefully. Uh, this marvelous and life-changing intersection experience in the history of faith and the history of the church. From Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, They ask, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pentecost 2019. Seven weeks after Passover, after Easter, Pentecost is celebrated. Recognizing the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the earth to indwell all believers, not some of them, and signifying the birth of the church, 
So this is the church's birthday that we celebrate today as the Holy Spirit changes from a gathering of human beings to the body of Christ. Here's a good mental image to help us hang on to the significance of Pentecost. Think about Jesus' earthly ministry when he started his public ministry and was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. Luke chapter 3 says that as Jesus was baptized, the Spirit descended upon him The Spirit descended on Jesus' physical body, empowering Him for witness and for ministry and service. Now, at Pentecost, Jesus' extended body, His mystical body, the church, receives the descent of the Holy Spirit to come prepare us for witness and for service. Just as in the River Jordan, the physical body of Jesus received the Spirit, so At Pentecost, the mystical body, the church, the body of Christ, receives the Holy Spirit for our witness and service. And when the Holy Spirit comes, there's always a drenching. There's always this lavish love poured out. And the key phrase in this whole passage is that all flesh will receive the Holy Spirit. There's a leveling. There's a democracy that comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon the earth among God's people. There are no elite. Everybody is included in God's promise and the power of the Spirit. Now, we think we understand that, but we actually don't in practice. In a community just east of this city uh, is is a place called Bonnets Mill, and not too far from Bonnets Mill is a beautiful country cemetery, Caddy Creek Cemetery. Caddy Creek Cemetery uh, is a beautiful spot. Uh, It's spelled C-A-D-E-T, but it's pronounced Caddy Creek. Take it from the locals, they'll tell you. (laughs) Years ago, in the late 1800s, there was a man in that community who uh, was despicable. He was a reprobate. He was vile. He was not nice. He was just known to be not a good person, and he died And the local church people decided that he should not be buried in Caddy Creek Cemetery because of his vileness. And so they buried him outside the cemetery fence. Some time passed, and Karen Morris's Uncle Jim got to thinking about that, and he started talking to some community people And they decided that, you know, we all need God's grace. We're all sinners. We all need to know God's love. And we don't stand in judgment on others. So they wanted to right the wrong, but they did not have legal permission to exhume the body and move the body inside the fence of the cemetery. So guess what they did? They moved the fence... The fence was moved to a place so that now this reprobate was buried inside the cemetery. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in this world. The Holy Spirit keeps moving the fence out, including other people. And the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost was revolutionary. At this particular time, you you read the account from Acts chapter 2, and if you you took a map of that day and time, 
you would see the geography of this revolutionary experience where people of different ethnicities, different languages, different skin colors, different, different ways of life and different cultures, all were receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the fence was being moved out. And the sermon that was preached on the day of Pentecost was preached by Simon Peter. And he took as his text, Joel, the prophet Joel, and that great promise that the fence would be moved out when the Holy Spirit came. It wouldn't just be men in a very patriarchal society. It would be women. The fence was moved. It wouldn't just be one generation, one age group. It would be young and old. The fence would be moved out. And it wouldn't be just one socioeconomic uh, stratum of people. It would be slave and free. The fence was always being moved out toward others. Now, I find it very almost humorous that whenever a group of people experience Jesus Christ and we get all excited about how much God loves us, a little humorous how we eventually convince ourselves we were the first ones to hear the gospel. We somehow convince ourselves that we're the insiders and those other people are just tagging along. We always act like we're the first people to hear the gospel. And we forget that somebody moved the fence so that we could be here today, so that we could know Jesus Christ. You know, wherever I go in this community, when people find out where I pastor, uh, they have amazing things to say about this church. And sometimes I get the question, you know, what makes First Baptist tick? That commitment to uh, evangelism, winning people to Christ, equaled by a a passion for social justice and and changing the structures of this world so that the left out can be included. And, And I I always try to think about it, and I I end up saying, you know, there's no one specific thing that makes this church so passionate for the cause of Christ. It's a lot of things, but I will say this. The Holy Spirit compels us to be Christ's love and hope. That's our vision statement. The Holy Spirit keeps nudging us and pushing us to keep pushing the fences out, and we really believe that gospel word that is in verse 17, that all flesh, the Spirit of God will be poured out on all flesh. We really believe that small word, A-L-L, that all are welcome, that all are loved. And that makes a huge difference as we live out our burden for the lost and the empty spiritually and for the people who are left out and for the people who are broken by pain. And there's a common theme that runs, whether a person is seeking a personal relationship with Christ and forgiveness of sins, or whether they're seeking uh, relief from the tornado and the storms, or whether they're just dealing with a brokenness that's been there for 10 or 15 years. There's a common theme, and that is people long for hope. People need to believe there's a reason to get up of a morning. People need to believe that they are loved, that their life is worthwhile, that somebody loves them. And it's all about the hope of Jesus Christ.
and the difference he makes. And so, this great leveling that happens on the day of Pentecost and that small word all just keeps moving the fences out, connecting us in new ways to more and more people. There is a a way in which which the fence moves out not only among us but within us. I want you to think about how the fence moved out even within Simon Peter's heart. He's the one who got to be the Pentecost preacher. He preached and thousands were saved. But you know, Simon Peter is the one who denied Jesus right before his crucifixion. And it would have been very easy and very tempting for Simon Peter on the day of Pentecost to say, somebody else do this. I'm a failure. I really stink at following Jesus. I don't deserve it. I let him down in his darkest hour. I am dirty. But the fence was moved out that day. And God said, Simon Peter, I want to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I want to give you another chance. I want you to serve me. And Simon Peter preached. And I'm wondering this morning about some of us here. If the fence is moving out by the Holy Spirit's nudge and if God is maybe calling you into a personal relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. Or He's calling you to a particular ministry. He's calling you to serve somehow. I would remind you that... um, Simon Peter was not a part of the religiously trained elite clergy of his day. He was a fisherman. And do you know his only qualification to get up and talk about Jesus? Is that Jesus had happened to him. Jesus had happened to him and then the Holy Spirit fills him and the Holy Spirit is no one else other than the risen Christ personally entering our lives. That was his qualification for service. And somehow the church, the church, capital C church, needs to get over this notion that congregation life is a spectator sport of hundreds of people sitting around watching ordained clergy do the work and then clapping for the great job they've done. Because the work of the church is everybody's work and that was made clear on the day of Pentecost that, that the fences were moved out to include all of us as a team. There are no super-hired holy men and holy women. They're just people who have... Jesus has happened to us, and God calls us to particular ministries. I fell in love with Major League Baseball in the mid-1960s when I was just a kid. Uh, and at that particular time, the Kansas City team was the Kansas City A's. And uh, in the year 1965, there was this young phenom playing for the A's named Bert Campanaris. He was a tremendous athlete, and the owner of the team, Charlie Finley, was doing anything to bring in fans to get them to attend games at Old Municipal Stadium. And so Bert Campanaris set a record. Uh, Major League, he became history on September the 8th, 1965, by playing all nine positions in a regulation game. He played every position, and when he pitched, he pitched ambidextrously, both left-handed and right-handed. And it made history books 
But there were two problems with that. Number one, that's not how the game of baseball is played. It's a team sport. It's not a one-person sport. And the second problem with that is the Kansas City A's were terrible that year. (laughs) They lost 103, 103 games. Imagine... Kansas City having a baseball team that's not doing well. I just can't even imagine. (laughs) Beyond my wildest dream. And you know, it's great to have a show at church once in a while. It's great to have special things and specially gifted people. But we're all just folks. We're all just... Spirit-filled servants, the the fences moved out, and we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And this isn't about a few people doing the work of the church. And whether or not there's been a tornado in town, God needs all of us serving him. God has always needed all of us serving him. Church isn't done by a few. It's, It's done by the many. And church is really done terribly when you try to do the Bert Campanaris thing. The fences are always being pushed as the Holy Spirit keeps challenging us with our biases and our preconceptions and our self-made definitions of paltry love. The Holy Spirit is calling this church to continually be mobilized to be the presence of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is moving out fences this morning too to let someone here know you're included in God's love. There's hope for you. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or what you've not done. God loves you. God wants you in his family. What's God calling you to this morning? To begin following Jesus or to with fresh zeal serve him rather than sitting back and watching others. The fences have moved. The spirit is working. Let's bow our heads together. Gracious God, speak to our hearts with clarity. Open our hearts with your holy purposes, that we may follow you. Just a moment, and I invite you to form a prayer that would be authentic for you as as God's Spirit has dealt with you. Something God's calling you to, some fence that needs to move. I'm going to be here at the front with my microphone off, and others would be available if you want to come and pray about a particular matter trust in Christ for the first time or uh, come in some kind of refreshed experience, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit or a prayer burden for someone or some ministry as God might speak to each of our hearts.